You're listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening. This is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to help to educate in the healing journey um, for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. I'm pre-recording tonight, so you cannot call in. I'm sorry. (laughs) But next week you will be able to. Okay, I promise. Okay, if you're listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me, email me at shereencwr at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you. S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I want to do a shout out again to Trevor at ARA Studios. He's letting me use the studio again today. And the, the sound, everything just sounds so much better. So I love it. Okay, Um, I'd like to remind everyone that our show is every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, except for when I'm pre-recording. As soon as I turn on the public, then you can go public. (laughs) You can hear it, but um, typically those are my time slots, okay? Uh, My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want a direct link to those services, you may go to our CW. CWR homepage at the website cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. We're going to go to a public service announcement right now. Hold tight. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening. I don't have a guest tonight because I've seen a lot of things and heard a lot of things lately, and I would like to share those with you, the feedback that I've been getting. Uh, Some of the information I want to share because I think it's pertinent to what we've been talking about this month. We've been talking about, do we tell the next girl that he's abusive? I have had a lot of information given to me, so I want to share that with you. Um, I will change names to protect the innocent, if you will, quote unquote, okay? But my topic tonight is save a sister. Not only stand up and speak out, try to warn the next one. And remember what I said. Well, you know that how I feel about that because it's not like I, I don't talk about it on a normal basis. When we decide to talk to the next victim, I would like you to say it with love and concern because the next girl's not your enemy. She's the next victim. I always feel to carte blanche tell them, but there are variables that need to be taken into consideration. So telling the next girl may have challenges. Um, it, it may have absolute variables that we're not aware of. 
Okay, so I'm going to tell you about a lot of different stories. And in these stories are embedded things that you can do. Okay, I want to start off with telling you a little bit about guys, okay? Not that you don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. Guys have a guide code that we females do not need to adhere to, but they really want us to. I will tell you that. It is don't talk to the previous wife or girlfriend. For some reason, they have great fears of that. My question to you is if they have great fears of that, run. Abusers will do everything in their power to isolate their current victim from all people, especially the previous victim. Keeping in mind, he will condition both to stay away from each other. How they condition is different for each abuser. My ex-husband, I will tell you some of the things he would say. She is evil. She did me wrong. She stole this. She did this. Um, She'll think you're crazy. That was my favorite. And and he will say anything he can to keep uh, to not keep you to keep you apart. Right? Okay. It might be positive. It might be negative. Keep in mind his mouth is moving. And when I say his mouth is moving, I'm saying he's lying. Okay. Most abusers have uh, are lying. They they'll have a shred of truth and they'll uh, they'll wrap a huge lie around that shred of truth. And so the victim's like, well, this is true, but that's not, this is true. No, if there is even one ounce of lie embedded in that truth, it's a lie. Okay. So keep that in mind. You do not need to follow the guy code. You're a girl. Let's follow the girl code. And the girl code is save a sister. Talk to the next one. But there are lots of variables. So I'm going to tell you several different stories. And I'm going to start out with the first one. And you know the story if you listen to um, my last week's replay. I replayed this, and um, it's Sylvia and Lacey, and I don't mind telling you the names because of the fact that um, I played their their clip last week from a year and a half ago. So I'm just going to recap this for a second. Okay, Sylvia was living with this guy. I won't say his name, and he was abusive. They had a child together, so she wanted it to work out. Of course, we all do when we have a child, right? With the, with this gentleman, she found out he had another girlfriend in another town, which I call the harem because they always have to have more than one, right? They have to have several. In fact, the last guy I was going out with had three, including me. Um, so the other girl was Lacey. Lacey did not know about Sylvia and the baby right away. Um, Due to his increased abuse, he moved out from Sylvia's house and in with Lacey because Sylvia kind of pushed him out. He became physically abusive with Lacey, and she filed charges, and Lacey contacted Sylvia. Now, Sylvia did think about contacting Lacey prior to the increased abuse in her life, but she did not because she feared for her life, the life of her child, and and everything that envelops with a child, okay? So Sylvia, uh, after Lacey did reach out to Sylvia, um, Sylvia did support Lacey in everything. And I'm going to tell you right right now, I have never seen two women so close in all my life. Uh, They're best friends. They do everything together. Um, They talk all the time. I have never seen... I've never seen two sisters so close. And I was just in shock when I found out she was the one that was cheating on her with him 
And, but she wasn't because she didn't know about Sylvia and the baby, right? She was falling in love with a guy and this guy seemed to be absolutely incredible as they all do. Right. And so that's how that worked out. Um, now what, after talking to Sylvia, what she said was take into consideration uh, all the variables when you have a child. Is he dangerous? How dangerous is he? Um, will he hurt the child? Will it re- re- ruin the relationship uh, between the abuser and the child? Which, in my opinion, I hope so. But not all people have that same opinion. Keep in mind, there are lots of variables. And this one, I think, had probably the most variables attached to it because he did go to jail. And so we will be talking to them next week, actually. Okay, another uh, one, actually, (laughs) this is my mom and her ex-husband. After her husband passed away, she married this guy, fell in love with this wonderful guy, and and he was an abuser. Um, But uh, she thought he was absolutely wonderful, and during the honeymoon period, his ex-wife sent me some information about him and his abuses. And so documentation, if you will. And uh, I read it and I contacted my mom and she is, she had been conditioned by this time, right? By this point. And um, I knew nothing about abuse. So I contacted her and I said, Hey, this lady contacted me, you know, um, this looks kind of serious. And she says, she's just an angry old woman and don't listen to her on what she says. Um, my mom assured me this guy was a good guy, went to church, did all that, okay? It was not until many years later, actually probably about two, so I'm not going to say many. I'm going to say two, that my mom told me, oh, no. It was about two years after she had she left him, and then it was probably 10 years later, maybe 15, when she told me uh, that he was he had abused her. I had no idea, none. Um. A couple of years after when I got so involved in domestic violence, I said to her, I'd like to thank that woman who contacted me to try to help you. And my mom still said she was just angry and wanted to get into our lives. And I said, I looked at her and I said, no, she wanted to help you. And I did the same thing for other women. And I tell other women to do the same thing that she did to contact the next one. Uh, but when you're conditioned, right, or brainwashed, you have to become unconditioned at some point, and she had never dealt with that issue in her life. Um, I am happy to report now she has because I worked with her and explained everything in detail. We talked it out, and she has a different perspective at this point. Okay, I'm going to share uh, about me and my ex-husband. So the whole time I was married to him, I would have told you that I was not abused at all under any conditions because I didn't understand psychological, emotional, verbal, or financial abuse. And this I've explained to you on numerous occasions on this show. This is something that is so important that we teach everyone. We teach about psychological abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, financial abuse. All of that is so important. Abuse is not just physical or sexual. It starts with psychological manipulation first. It was not until he hit me that I realized he was abusive. And the more I read, the more I realized he was psychologically abusive my entire marriage from the honeymoon, maybe even before that. I did tell his next victim that he was abusive. She stayed with him, and I think eventually married him. 
Has he changed? He had too many personality disorders to change, nor the motivation to change. I'll talk about motivation later. But I am sure he disguises his psychological abuse, and she is none the wiser, just like myself. I get it. I was there. So this is a problem that we have to that we have run into in the DVA world. The guys are not getting better. They're getting smarter, smarter in the abuse with cops and lawyers, judges and DAs. They dupe them all because the legal system is the most untrained, the most unknowledgeable in the realm of abuse. And I would say, hands down, Douglas County, Oregon has got to be the most unknowledgeable. But I do have challenges arise from time to time with a dear friend in Mississippi, and she and I argue about whether her law enforcement uh, is more untrained than um, Douglas County, Oregon. So Mississippi may have topped us, but I don't really think they have. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Um, Let's just say if they do not have a DVA advocate or expert on staff with them, whom they are collaborating with the whole time from the time the cops arrive at the house, they better be collaborating with this expert or advocate. Same with the cops, the the DA, the judges, the lawyers, everything. They know nothing about abuse unless they have one with them. Nothing. Where I currently live is one of those. They don't have uh, DV advocates or experts going out on site with the cops. And um, there has been a lot of uh, peer-reviewed articles that indicate that that is the best way to get better data, more convictions, and they actually arrest the right person. This is a problem with law enforcement. And DAs just follow suit. They have to have their cops back, right? Okay. Um, so if they're not doing that, they're not trying. They don't have any knowledge about domestic violence. Um, where I currently uh, live, like I said, they have this the same problem. That being said, my ex is narcissistic, sociopathic, and borderline, so he has a whole lot of talent to be able to dupe, and I watched him dupe a judge, literally, dupe a judge, when I was getting my restraining order. Uh, It was a good one. You know, I don't care how many pictures you have, how much hospital documentation you have, this woman, judge, was dupable, and I'm going to say all of them are. Uh, because of the fact that they, unless they have someone that they can co- collaborate with, they have no idea. They don't. It's, uh, they're easily duped. Women um, to him, my ex, is an ornament or a pet for his own pleasures. And that's what all, all abusers do. Uh, a, a victim is nothing more than, I call them pets, but some call them ornaments. It's just someone that they can mistreat however they want. They are not an individual. They're not a person. They're a property. He always has a harem, as most do. He is incapable of love, as most all abusers are. And he uses his friends for whatever he needs as well. Remember, I talked about flying monkeys a couple weeks ago. But people fear him because he thinks others listen to his lying mouth. One of his friends asked me, why does... Your ex tell people he bought you a house and a car. And I said, because stupid people like you believe him. Abusers surround themselves with stupid people who believe them. I I don't know what more I can say about that. They can't be smart because all logic goes out the the door with these people. They do make really good um, arguments for sure. But 
your your gut will tell you what the truth is and the fact that they're always lying. Okay, I have two friends. One I call Sandy, one I call Sally. This is my go-to words, Sandy and Sally. So you'll always hear that a lot. Okay, um, I'm disguising their identity because I think that's paramount at this time. And at times I will do that. Actually, for the rest of the way through this, I'll disguise identities. Um, they're friends and I know them well. They know what I do. I work with DBAs, right? DBA sisters. Sandy was dating this guy for a year and a half and he was really good at manipulation, really romantic, very kind, caring, compassionate, good looking, sweet. I mean, the gamut. Okay. So he stopped kind of talking to Sandy and her friend, Sally, he thought he would start texting her. Remember the harem thing. It was not, it was not just her, Sandy and Sally he was texting. He was, he has a whole harem. That's all I have to say. Anyway, so he started texting Sally after, um, and some narcissists, I'm going to have to tell you, they're just not smart. And he's not one of the smart ones. Um, <laughs> never go for a friend because the friends talk, right? Well, it was at the point where uh, it was a, a new friendship, if you will. And Sally's like, well, is she just a scorned? When Sa- Sandy did tell Sally, Sally's like, is she just a scorned female? Um, you know, is she just angry? Uh, you know, it hasn't gone on for a year and a half. It was actually a month and a half, but he told her a year and a half. That's wonderful, isn't it? And um, he told her all sorts of things. So, she just didn't know if she was just a jilted ex or anything. So I stepped in and I said, let me paint a little different picture because I've read his texts. Okay. Because I'm friend with, friends with both of them as well. So I painted a few details and Sally being the smart girl that she was realized she was being groomed by a very suave debonair abuser. These types of guys use women as pets. Like I said, they have no feelings for them or anyone. They can't love. They're incapable of love, actually. I mean, they'll profess love. They'll take care of their own, but they, they, they can't feel true love because they don't love themselves, right? How can anyone love themselves when they treat people like that? Uh, they'll say they love you to get what they want um, and what you will give. They do not respect women or standards. This man, however, was very deceptive, lied a lot, and very crass in his comments. Um, to those uh, he was with. How I know is I read some of this text, like I said, and no one wants a guy like that, regardless of how attractive or how suave he is. Um, that being said, um, Sally thanked Sandy and said, you saved me a lot of time and energy and, um, and it helped her a lot. So she was very thankful, as most are. Okay, my next one is, um, I'm going to call her Sandy. Um, A different one from the first Sandy that I, all the Sandys I've been talking about, okay? Um, She divorced her husband and, and he got another wife soon after. Uh, The first time, and I'm going to read exactly what she wrote to me because I think this is, Paramount. I think it's really important to hear it from first-person perspective. 
And this is what she said. The first time I met her, I had said something that she recognized was a lie by Jay. Jay's the ex, okay? And he tried to tell her I'm an exaggerator. So I pulled my phone or and sh- over and showed her the proof. I then told her if she had any questions that she is welcome to ask, and I will do my best to back up what I'm telling her to provide it as facts. We spent a few hours afterwards with her asking several questions and Jay giving an answer back, rationalization. The night ended with her wanting me to provide her with police reports, DCFS documentation, etc. For the next 10 days or so, I would send in group text a screenshot of court documents, arrests he had, etc. After that, Jay claimed it as harassment. So I stopped. Plus, after all of that information and she hadn't left, I knew she wasn't going to leave. He was served the PO, and three weeks later, I was served a stocking injection because of the proof I gave her about his abuse. And this is proof she asked for. So how they could even rationalize a stocking injection, I don't know. So this that's my tidbits, okay? So back to her comments. His attorney used the stocking injunction as leverage to have the PO reduced to a RO. Um, a PO is a, a protection order, and, <laughs> and an RO is a restraining order. It's not what I wanted or liked. I would have rather fought for the PO to stick and fight against the stocking injunction. I had more to prove of years of abuse and needing a PO than me stalking. He lied, and, and really, how is that stalking? When, she, when someone asks for documentation, you give it to them. I don't know how that's stalking exactly. Um, I had more to prove of the years of abuse and needing a PO than me stalking. He lied, stating I would show up to his home unannounced. But I had my location tracker on my phone for the previous two years and never deleted his text for when we were to meet up. Even though that happened, Sandy stated she would never do it again. uh, I'm sorry. Sandy stated to me that she would do it again so she could make a decision based so the other girl could make a decision based on truth. She was chosen. She has chosen even to this point to stay the um, new wife. Um, but there will be a day she will she may wake up, and so this was Sandy's beliefs. Um, so yeah, this one. Um, what I have to say is, if they have a lawyer, be really careful um, how that could even possibly be rationalized. I'm going to tell you right now, lawyers just throw things out there. They're bigger abusers than than an abuser sometimes because threats are always abusive. It's an abusive tactic, and no one deserves to be threatened or anything else. So, and that's what that stalking injunction was. It was nothing more than a, a an abuse tactic, a threat. Okay, I'm gonna talk about another friend. I'm gonna just call her Kay. Um, Kay believes that you should let the next wife or girlfriend know, with a caveat about courts. Okay, so I've known Kay for. Um, Four years, she's actually on my council for my nonprofit organization. She has been in and out of court for probably four years and spent over a hundred thousand dollars. That was her nest egg, and that's 
usually what happens is the guy will usually deplete everything that the victim has and uh or or doesn't have you know goes in the hole so that's that's not abnormal she stated um you need to be careful when courts are involved so it does not look like you're cooperating uh with the ex and you do not want your testimony to be discredited because emotional abuse is difficult to prove if you talk to the ex do it covertly or do it later there is a right time his first wife wanted to contact Kay. she is religious uh, the first wife's really religious, and so is Kay. And she prayed about it in 2013 and got a no, not yet answer. She did the same in 2014 and got the same answer, no, not yet. And in 2015, she got a yes. Well, Kay had gotten some distance, realizing it was abuse and not normal marital conflicts that she was enduring and was ready to receive the right answer. And what Kay told me was that she would not have believed uh, the first wife, because he had turned her so much against the first wife, because she thought, oh, my gosh, my husband's so darling. How could she ever say these horrible things about him? And then she realized how she could. <laughs> now, these two sisters do everything together. They talk all the time. She stayed at her home from time to time. The first wife has picked her up from the airport. Uh, they, Kay has explained that they have an unspoken or spoken loyalty to each other. Um, his husband, her, their ex-husband has remarried and has a child and they're waiting to talk to number three when the time is right. And she said, she always believes that there's a time that is right. And so that's one thing I want to add is when you want to tell them may not be the right time. Need to, you know, pray about it or talk to your higher power or, or your mentor, whomever, on when a right time would be. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about a experience that I'm actually helping with these days, um, like as we speak, because um, I get calls on this all the time. I'm going to call her Sally. Okay, so even though um, this guy that she started, uh, she's now engaged to, has a record, even though her children have told her uh, that he has struck them, uh, she stays with him. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why would that be? Uh, she's brainwashed. Easy. Uh, that happens to women. Who she is, what she's allowing her fiancé to do to her, her family relationships is not her, because I know this woman. When the whole family and all of her friends have said something to her that he becomes, and he, well, he becomes angry and isolates her even more. Uh, he turns her against them through their, through them saying, Hey, you know, don't do this. So uh, basically what I've told him is now you just accept it. You just give her to God and you say, whatever you want, I'm happy for you. And I said, you have to do that knowing that she may not come home alive. The ex-wife I know is very afraid of him. He has a record, um, but it's not their call. All abuse and survivor victims, uh, uh, all abuse victims and survivors of domestic violence need to be able to make their own decisions. Yep, they might be wrong. Yep, they might regret that they didn't listen in the first place and that they wasted years and years and years on this person or maybe months. 
or killed them. It doesn't matter. Victims have had their choices taken from them on so many occasions that they need to be allowed to make their own decisions. When they're not allowed to make their own decisions, when they become controlling over and around their bubble, I'm very controlling about my bubble. I'm very controlling about who I talk to, who I'll associate with. Um, and that might come off snobbish. I'm sorry if it does. But I I just can't talk to some people. I just I need to control my environment if I don't know people very well. Uh, not very frequently will I reach out um, to someone or, yeah, just because I need that for myself. And all victims and survivors and thrivers of domestic violence need to control their environment because it was so out of control. It was controlled by somebody else. You didn't have control of your life during that time period. So that's why it's so important for her to make her own decisions, even if they are bad ones, even if it does end their life. And this this one is a very scary one. I do know Sally very well. I know her family very well. I've known her for a lot of years. And I know our friends. And they're all very worried. And I said, step back. Let her make these choices. She's not a stupid girl. And I think, to be honest with you, um, I think she'll get out of it. But I, what I have to tell you is, is never, ever, ever tell an abuser you're leaving, ever. You just disappear. And you set everything up in advance. My ex-husband's ex-wife prior to me set up, spent nine years preparing for her divorce from, my, from her abuser, which is, was also my abuser. Nine years. My hat is off to that woman, I'll tell you. Who could stay nine years with that person would drive me to drink. Okay, so that brings me to my last, uh, no, my second to my last story. Um, This one is actually about me. And it's actually very recent, and I've talked about this um, in previous discussions on my show. Uh, I won't call her by her first name. We'll just say T. Okay, so I'm about to tell you about the next girl I have recently had, (coughs) excuse me, um, to put to that test. So my first thought was, let her find out for herself. Then that still small voice says, you tell everyone to tell the next girl and you're not going to tell this one? So I was sick to my stomach, literally sick to my stomach, thought I was going to throw up all, I was in the bathroom all the time, just very nauseated and everything else. I did not know how she would take it. I didn't know if she wanted to hear it. I didn't know if she believed me. I didn't know if he conditioned her against me. I I didn't know anything, right? But I had to let her know. I didn't know how to do that. But I went to a luncheon with a, a bunch of friends, and I was a little bit late, and there was one seat left. Where do you think that seat was? It was right across the table from her. So we all, you know, uh, talked to her and I just kind of got to know her a little bit. I didn't do a lot of talking because I didn't, I didn't know what to say at that time and moment. So then I invited a friend of mine to a movie and, um, And then that friend of mine and I invited another friend, which invited the entire luncheon party. 
And I'm like, no, I, I just really want a movie by myself with my friend. But hey, okay, so we went with all these people to a movie. And and the last thing I thought I would see is her. And keep in mind, she's not the enemy. She's the next victim. And I was still very sick to my stomach when I saw her, very sick to my stomach. I'm like, I don't even know how to talk to her. I don't know what to say to her. I don't know how to tell her he is the most cruel man I ever went out with. So I got through that. Um, so I prayed a lot, 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 lot. And I knew I would see her on Friday, the following Friday. So this all happened the weekend before. So I knew I'd see her on the the following Friday. So I prayed a lot about what I should say to her, how I should say it. And when I went to the dance, I, all I knew is my friends would help me, but it wasn't, um, an organized help. It was, an accidental. Uh, what had happened was one of my BFFs started talking to her. I guess she said, oh, this guy, he was dancing with me and he wouldn't let me go. And uh, we'll call him R. And um, so my BFF said, hey, R, you need to watch out for him. You know, he's not that good of a guy, blah, 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 blah. And I walked up and I put my arm around my BFF and I just sat there and listened to what they were talking about. And... Then I said to T, I said, you'll need to prepare for safety from, and let me call my ex Bozo, okay? I like the name Bozo. And that's actually what I would call him, Bozo. Okay, so she said, what? I then told her I had dated, um, I have never dated anyone so cruel in my life, which is spot on, actually. She said, I have a lot of questions for you. We went into another room and she asked me a bunch of questions. I answered them. I also told her just like I will never tell someone who is living with an abuser to leave. I told her um, that I would never tell her to stop dating him, but just to prepare for safety. Again, later that night, she asked to, she asked to talk, ask me more questions. So we talked again. I do not know if she will continue dating him. That is not for me to know. It was for me to warn my sister, and I did just that. She's a smart girl, uh, but I'm a smart girl too. But let me share with you how unsmart I have been with this gentleman. Um, I made very poor choices when it came to Bozo. I figured out he was he could not attach. I figured out he would prey on women. I figured out he groomed women, and I didn't. I walked away a couple times, but I kept going back. Why did I think I was better than the knowledge that I have? Why did I think I was smarter and better than the gut feeling that I had that he was a bad person? I don't know. Not very smart on my part, I'll tell you that much. Do not listen to your heart. Do not listen to your head sometimes. Listen to your gut. Always listen to your gut. And as uh, I've discussed on um, numerous occasions, you absolutely need to read the book Gift of Fear. It's probably the best book I've ever read. Okay. My last story that I'm going to talk about is Ray Rice and his girlfriend, Janae. Now, this happened, oh, man, I'm going to say 10 years ago, seven to 10 years ago. Okay, this was that Ray Rice is a football player, right? And he beat his girlfriend so bad that she fell out of the elevator unconscious. 
The whole world told her he was abusive and to leave. Did she leave? No. She married him. Keep in mind they already had a child together, and that made a huge difference to her, as it will all women. Also keep in mind he lost his job as an NFL player and has been made uh, made him to look at himself and make changes. He was actually um, blackballed from playing NFL ever again. So he had a lot of coercion about changes, right? He had um, motivation to make changes. The world showed him what he looked like and what he was doing and how he was doing it. These guys can make a change. It's only 4% of all abusers change. But they can make a change. They need the help and they need the motivation. So if they don't have motivation, they're not going to change. So what is that motivation for each person? It's different. Who knows what it is for yours, mine, Bozo, uh, Sandy Sally's or Sylvia's. It doesn't matter. Um, the time will be right when when they can make that change, hopefully. And like I said, only 4% make that change. And again, Ray Rice is motivated to make that change. So to recap, this is the things that I want you to think about before you tell your sister about the abuser. Never tell the sister in anger. So don't do it because you're angry at him. You need to do it out of love and support to prevent the abuse. Are there children involved? How will it affect them? If he's a pedophile, it will affect them very much. And one of the stories that I talked about, he's a pedophile. Is he dangerous? Take your life and your children's lives into consideration. Dangerous does not mean he is in jail. It means he duped the cops, then the DA, then the judge to stay out. That is the whole new topic. That's a whole new topic, and we'll talk about that another time. But um, dangerous doesn't mean they made it into behind bars, okay? And they're getting smarter, like I said, and not going behind bars. Does he have a lawyer? If he does, then he's going to come up with all sorts of different things uh, about harassment and so forth. So there are different uh, ways to let them know. It might be you directly. It might be you indirectly. So there might be covert ways in which you can let them know. Um, If you're religious, pray about for when the right time is, like um, my friend did. My friend's ex did. Um, I promise the right time will open up, and you'll know what that is when it presents itself. You need to do it. I stand behind that 100%. And let's go to a public service announcement. I'll be right back. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that. Of your... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... 
I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Okay, in closing, um, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Um, Talk to your families about what you're thankful for. Uh, next week we will have Sylvia and Lacey but this week I will tell you I was not planning on doing one so I told you last week that I was going to take this week off but I had so much information I'm so booked up to the end of the year that I really needed to squeeze this in and I felt it was extraordinarily important so we're going to have Sylvia and Lacey they're going to give us an update on um, their abuser that is in jail I don't know he might even be out Uh, I don't know I did talk to them because I love talking to them. They're amazing women and an excellent example to all who have been abused. And they were very physically abused. So these ladies, uh, I don't know, there's just a, a bond between two women who help each other out of an abusive situation. Just a huge bond. So that being said, I want you to stay safe, have a good, good holiday, and Consider talking to your sister, which is the person that is being victimized following your victimization from your abuser. Have a good night.